the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. My thanks to Josh Sharp from the Independence Institute in the last hour. Now, we were scheduled to have Dave Williams, chair of the state GOP, with us uh, this morning. No joy yet. I just texted Dave. I think Kelly's given him a call, too. I just presume, he, presume he's trapped under something heavy. Or maybe it's weather-related. I don't know what it's like down in the Springs area where Dave hails from. Uh, but as soon as we get him... We'll get him on. I wanted to ask Dave amongst a bunch of questions. And by the way, feel free to text in any questions that you have for the state party chair. Um, for me, it was going to begin with a reaction to Iowa, which I want to get from you as well. And then it was going to be a discussion of how was our 2023 fundraising? Did we hit that number that we had wanted to hit from the beginning? And what was it? And then we were just going to work through what percentage of those dollars were dollars given by GOP presidential hopefuls to appear on the primary ballot. And then we were going to talk about bylaws and the decision by the state GOP Central Committee on a two-thirds, one-third vote to come out and endorse President Trump in advance of that primary. Um, so hopefully we'll get a chance to have Dave on. Got some folks texting in some questions as well. But yesterday, as you know, in the Iowa caucuses, first first thing to remember is it was the coldest in recorded history in terms of the Iowa caucuses. And that probably more than anything led to the fact that it was the most poorly attended uh, Iowa caucus in recent memory. I, I saw some numbers going back multiple election cycles for president and no number has appeared uh, to be as low as the one from yesterday. Having said that, 99 counties in Iowa, Donald Trump won 98 of them. That is dominant. And you'll remember in 2016, dude didn't win Iowa. Guy named Ted Cruz won Iowa by a little bit, but he won. So this time around when it was contested, and of course it wasn't in 2020, um, by anything legitimate, it was important that the Don have a good showing, and he did, winning 51% of the caucus-going vote. Second place was Ron DeSantis, but a distant second place, pulling up about 20 points, 20 points something. And then right behind him on his tail was Nikki Haley with 19-ish point something points, uh, Billy Blaze, the idea guy, the 38-year-old multimillionaire Ohio son of uh, Indian immigrants, Vivek Ramaswamy. He, uh, if you'll remember, and I imagine as much, this is as much political bluster as anything that you have to go through. You'll remember that <laughs> in Twitter and other things leading up to this, he was like, "You be prepared for a shock. Be prepared for we're gonna knock the doors off. We're gonna all these other things. Like the media's got it wrong. The ground game is real. The the enthusiasm is real." And it's true, it was real, but not for him. It was enthusiasm for someone else. Vivek Ramaswamy pulling in somewhere around 
8% of the caucus going vote. Um, he ended up with a handful of votes and I'll, I'll figure out what that number is. I saw that just recently here. I'll pull that up. But as a result of that performance and Kelly, I'm going to ask you to play that Vivek sound. Vivek, uh, made a big decision yesterday. And I think that Kelly's figured out a way to capture that thing on audio. And so I will stick to the truth tonight. The first hard truth. And this one's hard for me. I got to admit this, but we've looked at it every which way. And I think it is true that we did not achieve the surprise that we wanted to deliver tonight. And I think that that's just a hard fact that we're going to have to accept as a campaign. And the question then is, what do we do that is right for our country? And so Purv and I, we, we actually didn't make this contingency plan before everybody told us to. We said, no, we're not doing that. But we talked about it tonight. We took a little bit of time in our apartment in Des Moines before coming here to make some hard choices. And I wanted to make a couple of announcements tonight to get the business out of the way. And then I want to tell you where we're going. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be, there is no path for me to be the next president, absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. And I think that I am very worried for our country. I think we are skating on thin ice as a nation. We have done everything in our part to make and done, every one of us in this room has done our part to save this country. And I am so proud of every one of you who have lifted us up but we're a campaign founded on the truth. And so that's why we've made that decision today. And I'm also making the decision that this has to be an America first candidate in that White House. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America first candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for that's, this country. Uh, that's by Vikram Ramaswamy so uh, last night after uh, really not performing well by any measure. He ended up with three delegates out of, I think, uh, 40 or something that were available. He pulled 7.7%. I'll say this. I don't think that guy ever for a moment believed he was going to be the Republican nominee. I think he saw this. I'm mean, dude's 38 years old, right? I mean, 10 minutes ago, he was in a diaper. So I think for this guy, it was always going to play the long game. And his long game is bright, man. He has a ton of potential, especially given the fact that barring something unexpected, something extraordinary happening, and maybe it's health related, and I'm not wishing that on anyone. I'm just saying it could happen. It looks like it's going to be a Trump-Biden matchup, and it looks like Donald Trump stands a pretty good chance of being elected president of the United States as 47. Uh, Vivek could play a role in that administration if he wanted. He certainly elevated his name ID. I mean, my goodness, man, who had ever heard of Ramaswamy before his 2021 bestseller, Woke Inc., and even then who had heard of Ramaswamy? It wasn't until he showed up on the stage and was sort of this bombastic America first Trump light sort of candidate. And so I think he knew this was coming. 
didn't turn out the way he had probably hoped. 7.7% of the caucus going vote, and uh, he's out. And he has thrown his full support, and that's full with a lowercase f, behind President Donald Trump. And, And it's interesting. What you see from Trump is if you're a threat, he quickly turns on you and says a whole bunch of horrible things on about you, which is what he did with Vivek. If you'll remember in the days leading up to yesterday, he said, don't vote for Vivek. He's not MAGA. He's fake. It's a vote for the other guy, all this other stuff. And then once Vivek bends a knee to the Don, Don's response is, hey, congratulations to Vivek. Uh, did a heck of a job out there. And so my guess is, you know, uh, Trump welcomes Vivek's appearance in New Hampshire, which is where he's going next to take the stage with the Don and and uh, welcome him aboard and encourage people to vote for him. And it's just it's not just politics. It just feels dirty, doesn't it? Unseemly like three days ago. He's fake. He's not MAGA. He, he don't vote for him. He, he's a vote for the other guy. And now by next week in New Hampshire, it'll be like, yeah, look, at this Vivek kid is great. He is fantastic. Bright future ahead of him. I'm thinking of naming my next child with some yet to be known and named woman uh, Vivek uh, Trump. I think that's what's going to happen next. That uh, that happens. So we're now down to three legitimate candidates. Oh, whoever I should tell you who else endorsed Trump was, if I didn't say it before, was Doug Burgum, the largely anonymous governor of North Dakota, who's also a self-made cajillionaire. He also endorsed the Don, too. So now we're down to Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I want to just throw this out there as I look at the results. Asa Hutchinson, who got out of this race in 2012, uh, even he pulled 0.2% of the vote. Wow, that's more than Chris Christie. And Chris Christie left the race yesterday at noon or something. So it just... Tells you a little bit about Iowa, but a little bit about the the different campaigns. So Ron DeSantis with 21.2% of the vote, he picked up eight delegates. Nikki Haley, 19.1% of the vote, picked up seven delegates. So one delegate separates them. And then the Don, of course, 51%, which is historic. Um, it's not the 40 points that he predicted, but it's 30. I mean, he, he wanted 50, 60 points. It's 30 points ahead of Ron DeSantis and 51% matters. Yes, that means almost half of all caucus goers pick someone other than Donald Trump. That's true. But 51% eh, that's that's pretty commanding. That's pretty compelling stuff with 20 points. Now he goes off to New Hampshire where he faces a little bit of uncertainty. I think he still wins New Hampshire, but does Nikki Haley come up and nip him from behind? If she can win New Hampshire or come in a very close second, I think that gives her the momentum heading into South Carolina to put Ron DeSantis away. Now, had Ron not gotten second place yesterday, I think Ron suspends his campaign this week. I don't know when, but I think he does. What he has said now is that he is moving on to South Carolina. I think he has written off New Hampshire because he was coming in like fourth after Chris Christie. They didn't really invest much in a ground game up there. So I think he's heading on to South Carolina where he's going to try to continue to take on Nikki Haley on her home turf. If she thinks she's going to win South Carolina just by virtue of the fact that that's her home and she was the two-time governor, the polls don't seem to suggest that. Uh, It's not going to be a walk away. It seems like Donald Trump could win there too. I think the real question here is, at this point, does Ron DeSantis make it 
past South Carolina, I still think there's a puncher's chance that he bows out before. I just he's not even going to be part of the conversation in New Hampshire. But but who knows who will be that last standing alternative to Trump? And what does it mean when folks can coalesce around whoever it is, Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley? I'll say this. I think it's worse for Nikki Haley when Ron DeSantis gets out, because as Josh Sharf pointed out, not a lot of voters are Ron DeSantis voters who are going to say, hey, my second choice is Nikki. Most of them would go, in my opinion, to uh, to Donald Trump. But but what do I know? What are your thoughts? 303-696-1971. We have some sound from the dawn yesterday. Uh, Kelly, you've got that stuff. I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time. And most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout. What a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together. Uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative, it would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. That's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important. And I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. That was going to happen uh, soon, too. Can that was here? Donald Trump, former president, would be could be future president in his, I don't know, speech after being declared the winner. A little controversy there, by the way. The DeSantis camp said that AP did them wrong, did them dirty, by announcing Trump had won the Iowa caucus before some people had even gotten their ballots and voted their preference in many of the precincts. It was even before Donald Trump's victory room had anybody in it. I think I'd read a description where there was like popcorn bowls filled and untouched, and the beer guy and the uh, the bartender hadn't even shown up yet. So that, that that's a little bit of an outcome. It wouldn't have changed the outcome in terms of who won, maybe a few votes here and there, but you should know that that's out there. That was also uncharacteristically Donald Trump. He's not a Rodney King, let, can't we all just get along kind of a guy. He's a I will beat you into submission or threaten you into submission kind of a guy or ridicule you into submission. So that was an interesting tone to strike. I appreciate hearing it. I want to see what it looks like moving on. He still took a shot at DeSantis and, and Haley saying, uh, hey, uh, congratulations. I hope you two had fun together. You know what I mean? Like still a finger in the eye, still the dawn. But that was much more conciliatory tone than I think we, we largely ever hear from this guy. So it'll be interesting to see how that tone develops once he feels like he has secured and locked in the nomination, which my guess is by early March with uh, Super Tuesday. Marcus, you're on 710 KNUS. Marcus, what do you think? Well, what I think, George, you're a vet and I'm a vet. But uh, between the two, who are you going to take, Biden or Trump? Well, that's a really tough decision unless it's just those two, right? Like if it's going to be Trump and Biden, I don't think there is a decision there. I couldn't vote for this current administration, the way it's been run and the things that it wants to do. It would be a vote for Trump. Now I'll tell you uh, candidly, Marcus, the one thing that gives me some pause is if this guy figures out a way to become a convicted felon in a jury that he helps pick, I don't know if I could vote for a convicted felon for president of the United States. I have to give that some thought. I could never. It's not like, oh, if I don't vote for Trump, I'm voting. It's not like that at all. But at this point, I would say if it was Biden, Trump, it's Trump. 
Yeah. And then because you're caught in the middle, like a lot of people, it's not the worst evil. It's just the, the way things are going right now. So, you know, and you got some great uh, guests and callers and uh, that's all I wanted to say. So, well, what do you do, Marcus? You could do the same thing. You voting for Trump. I, I can't, we can't see Biden going anymore unless they got somebody better. And that's not going to happen. And we already no, know what's going to happen. So I go with something that really happens than something that does not happen with Biden. Who do you like in the primary that's left? I mean, if, if you had a chance to throw your support towards someone, and it's not truly going to matter in Colorado at this point, but if it was a, a DeSantis, a Haley, who, who do you throw your support behind if it's not Trump? Well, just sound crazy. I like the young guy, Veek. <laughs> yeah, Veek. yeah. And, and he's because out. he's up and coming, and Santa's be my second choice. But I, I know this sounds crazy, but, you know, so that's just the way it is. That doesn't sound crazy at all, man. I mean, I appreciate your thoughts on that. I don't think either DeSantis or Haley stand a chance. And I, to, to some extent, I can't tell if they're playing for 2028 because, you know, DeSantis will be out of office for a couple of years before that. I can't tell if they're playing for 2028 or they're playing, hoping that this guy takes a tumble down some stairs and he can't continue, or you know he, he gets convicted into. I don't know what the the longer game is for them. Yeah, they, there's no way to know. But uh, yeah, that was just my thoughts, George. Marcus, I appreciate you calling in, man. Always good to hear from you. Marcus' line is open, 303-696-1971 is the number. You know you can text us, and a million of you have already figured that out, so I'm going to go through some of these. My thought for quite some time is that Vivek Ramaswamy has been running for Trump's vice president. That's from our friend Janet. I guess I could see, I guess I could see that for vice president, but I'm not sure that Trump wants anybody that could potentially cast a bigger shadow or grab up more of the limelight. That's why Mike Pence was such a nice grab. He checked a bunch of boxes and nobody was going to think that race Bannon there was more dynamic than, than Donald. That's very interesting. Here's another one. Are you going to ignore Ryan Binkley? LOL. <laughs> That's a reference to the fact that there was a dude in Iowa uh, on the ballot uh, named Ryan Binkley who actually pulled some votes and I think he may have gotten more votes or just less votes than, uh, let me take a look right here, than um, Asa Hutchinson. But nonetheless, that's a, that's a pretty funny text. Uh, here's another one. Interesting how you call him the Don. Perfect designation as he runs a mob life. Uh, we all know the Iowa caucus is irrelevant. I, I'm not sure it's irrelevant. I, I know that it hasn't done a good job of picking who the ultimate nominee is going to be. That's true going back. We just talked about it, Ted Cruz. But it's also true that it can end campaigns. It may not predict who's going to win, but it could end campaigns. Now, McCain ended up, I think, fourth in Iowa, but he had never really banked on Iowa. It had always been New Hampshire and other places. Um, so it's interesting. That, that's an interesting comment. Uh, another question for Dave Williams, if we could ever get him on air. I have not yet heard back from him. Ask Dave Williams, using Trump's own words about McCain and others, isn't Trump a loser since losing to Biden the corpse? Our friend Corey here. Yes, Wikipedia on Bill McNichols. Oh, this was uh, Corey said, hey, didn't Federico Pena 
end up winning mayor in large part because Bill McNichols had failed on some snow removal stuff. And then he's brought us some citations here from 1982 when I think Corey was merely 40. No, I'm kidding, Corey. Of course, you're younger than that. Can you ask DW how he plans to fundraise for his campaign and the state party? God, that's an important question. I hadn't even thought about that the last time we had D. Will on. And that was, um, how do you sit down with donors and say, uh, I want to spend two minutes talking to you about the state party, and then I want to spend two minutes talking to you about writing a different check for me? That is very interesting. It says, what is he doing about getting quality candidates to get in races? So many state races have no Republican candidates, and those are the positions that affect Coloradans the most. Another great question. More texts coming in. Uh, give us a call. Marcus's line is open at 303-696-1971. Iowa caucuses are over. Should DeSantis and uh, Haley just pack it in at this point? Is it irrelevant, or do you want them in the race? Do you want them to continue to fight on? If so, till when and why? 303-696-1971. Mitch Floria from The Art of Granite. He is a legal thank you immigrant who came over here from communist controlled Romania back when he was a kid uh, and a self-made man. And you love these stories as an American. You love the idea that someone can start with little or nothing and build it into this juggernaut of customer service called the art of granite, which you can find at the art of That's the art of granite.com. Uh, Mitch has been putting in beautiful craftsman-like countertops, whether they're made of quartz, that's the man-made stuff, marble or granite, forever. Um, his showroom, which you need to see, you need to go to, it gives you ideas you didn't think you could have. Even going to the website, which is cool, don't get me wrong, but go into the showroom there at about Colfax and 6th Avenue. Blown away by the customer service, the selection. Uh, this guy's got it all, including a cell phone that he gives his number to you to call, 303 303- 386-5919-303-386-5919. If you're a George listener, you get more than the wholesale prices everybody else gets. You also get the bathroom countertop for FRWE free if you do the kitchen countertop package. Or if you're just doing one room, heck, it could be the laundry room or the, the finished basement, whatever. He'll throw in the sink for free. Give him a call at 303-386-5919 or check him out at theartofgranite.com. We're going to cut away for a break. When we come back, it's going to be you, me, the text, the calls, George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Some more of the text coming in here. So would you vote for a third time for a person that you would never leave alone with your daughter? It's so sad what this country has become. We produced a Lincoln and now worship Donald Trump. Yep, we've fallen very far. Another texter. I think the only reason Ron and Nikki are hanging around is simple math. The odds of a 78-year-old Donald having a severe medical issue is higher, you might think. All three of Trump's siblings have already passed away, so genetics are always the final judge and arbiter. Let's get to the phone lines at 303-696-1971. Joan, you're on 710. Joan, what do you think? Good morning, George. Good morning, Joan. Um... No, I've watched all the coverage and stuff, and I think that DeSantis probably has um, a legit complaint about Fox waiting three minutes to declare Trump the winner. Um, But I also think that um, he had another beef, and the beef was um, how long they waited before they said that he was ahead of Haley. 
because every three sentences I got out of that coverage was something about how great Haley was. Really? And so I still think, yeah, I still think that they have a, 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 a hope, a glimmer. It's, it's going to happen in New Hampshire. We know that. And then they're going to South Carolina, and the real problem that Haley's got in South Carolina is Tim Scott. Why? Why is that a problem? Because Tim Scott is as popular, if not more popular, than Haley. And I'm pretty sure Tim Scott will um, put his um, favor uh, behind Trump. Really? Um, I think, yep. And I believe that because yesterday I got this really interesting email from Rana. Rana wants to know who I think um, Trump should nominate for um, his cabinet, his secretary of defense, yada, 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 yada. And I found it extremely amusing that they're already looking at who he would appoint so they could maybe, I don't know, curry my favor. I have no idea why they're looking that far ahead. Other than I'm thinking that if I had put Tim Scott, Tim Scott, Tim Scott, Tim, Tim Scott in every little thing I could have put it in, um, they might have gotten the message. I, I guess the, the part I don't get is, is Tim Scott then just playing for some cabinet position? Because what, what, what do Tim Scott and uh, and the Don share in terms of ideology? Or I, maybe I just I missed how close they are. A lot of things. Um, I haven't. Um, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he's playing for a cabinet space. I do know this: he's not that fond of Haley. Why do you think that is? They served at the same time. I presume they were mutual endorsers of each other when they were on the ballot together. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people I know that are not very fond of Haley. What do you think the reason for that is? Uh, the military industrial complex. What, what do you make of the fact that in the polling that's out there, she beats Biden by more than DeSantis and Trump? Uh, I chalk that up to the woman factor and the fact that um, there's a lot of suburban women out there who are like, please, God, just get rid of Biden. Well, get rid of Biden, but then why wouldn't they vote for Trump in the same numbers? That is not the poll. The poll is. Is she going to beat Biden in a head-to-head? No, 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 I get it. But if the numbers are different between who, like, why does Haley win more than Trump? And if you're saying, hey, it's a bunch of women who are tired of having Biden in there, then it kind of wouldn't matter who was on the Republican side. Unless there's a difference between how you perceive some suburban women view Haley versus Trump. And so that's what I was asking you. What's the difference? Genetics. What? What do you mean by genetics? That's what I said. She's genetic. Do you think that these women are prone? Do you see the women you're describing voting for Nikki Haley simply because they're the same gender? Yep. Huh. 
And why wouldn't they vote for Trump if they don't have a choice between Biden and a woman? Why not vote for Trump if if what you said is true? And that is they're just ready to move on from Joe. Mm, I don't know. There's been stories pushed. And, you know, these old white men, it's just it's just sad. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about Trump and Biden. Yep. What do you think should happen? Like, who would be your choice for Republican nominee? Trump. But even though he's an old white man. You know what? I live with an old white man, and I like him a lot. That's a little bit different, right? That's that's just a teeny (laughs) tiny bit different, Joan. He's not on the ballot one and two. You've uh, you've married that guy. Um, In. In terms of moving forward, what do you think of the Vivek piece? Him leaving, does it make any difference? Who leaving Vivek? Vivek, yeah. Mm, I like listening to Vivek because sometimes he was just completely clueless. But um, (laughs) I like people who, who can get behind something and be completely clueless. That's one of the reasons I listen to you, George. Um, oh, that's a, such a too. such a lovely compliment, Joan. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and and um, but it is nice and refreshing to see because you know I I live in a kind of a silo and I honestly think people somewhat think like me and 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 the truth of the matter is they don't. Obviously scary. Horrifying. Mm, I guess I don't know what it is. Is that um. People are yelling um, optic, optic, optics, and, um, and and then they yell principal, principal, principal. It's very funny. Um, they yell principal when it's something that they don't want to have happen, and they yell optics when it's something they don't want it to happen. But then, give me an example. Optics, give me an example of that. Mm, let's see. An example might be um, the FCC voting to endorse Trump. Okay, give give me an example of how it's either the optics or the principal thing. Okay, there are people out there who say, this is against what we've always done. We've always been neutral. It shouldn't happen. And then um, they do some investigating and they find that it's allowed. And then they go, oh, we don't need to do this because just because it's a, you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Um. And then when... Well, hang on. How, how is that uh, an argument against the principal position? Just what I, I mean, said. I know, but why isn't time. that both? As, as, a matter, as a matter of principle, you could believe that my the state party say. ought to be agnostic in the uh, primary, but also as a matter of optics, you could believe that the state party ought to be agnostic in a primary. I, don't, I guess I'm trying to figure out how is that an example of what you described? Well, there are people out there that believe that... It's bad optics, and and I don't well, think it is. I think it's very well, good optics. Why is it good optics? Explain that. Because we have watched. I watch all the time, and even last night on Fox over the coverage, Colorado came up again as being that that terrible, awful state that took Trump off the ballot. Okay. There is a day that doesn't go by that they don't bring that up. And, and it's okay. an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. What, is that, what and, does that have to do with the decision to... And I think that coming oh, back and saying 
we believe in Trump, even though there are ugly, nasty uh, justices that would take him off the ballot, um, is a good optic. Huh. What message does it send to the people we took uh, what it looks like to be close to $100,000 for ballot access? What, what message does it send to Haley and DeSantis, who paid money to be on the ballot to be competitive in that primary? What, what do they get out of it? Well, they get nothing because they're not going to be in the race when um, March 5th comes anyway. I mean, seriously. I don't know. I think Haley will be around. Maybe DeSantis. It just depends on how, how yeah. South Carolina turns out. But but you South think the Carolina optics of that are you, you think the optics of that are good? That if you're if you're part of the Republican Party that said, hey, listen, I wanted to cast my vote for somebody other than Trump when the party itself comes out and says, you know what? I know we haven't done this in the past, but there's no rule that says we can't. So we're just going to come out and throw our weight behind the person we like bestest. I, you think that's you know a good what? look? You need to ask Dick Wadhams about that past thing, okay? I don't understand. It's been, it's been done in the past. The reason it's the way it is now is because we have the primary. But um, we didn't used to have this kind of thing. We uh, selected everybody at assembly. I really, really enjoyed watching um um, uh, you you broke up right back in there. You enjoyed watching what? Iowa. Okay. Last night. And all the people that were in the room and all the people with their little purple slips. And it made me think, you know, there's, there's something to be said for how it should be done. And that in Iowa is how it should be done. You should have the smallest number of people making the decision about the nomination. Did you not see the number of people in the room? Oh, I did. But if you look at the number of people that attended the caucuses versus the number of registered Republicans in the state, what you're saying is I want the smallest group of most activist people to make the decision about who represents us. I really don't want the opinions of the other folks. And our assembly's different, by the way. I mean, you can't just show up at the state assembly and get to vote or the assembly for Congress or anything. You have to be sent there. So, this one, you have Congress. to self-select. And anybody who's a registered voter can show up at caucus. They don't even have to register ahead of time or anything. Oh, oh no, I get it. I'm talking about up. I'm talking about the Colorado alternative to what we have, which is that the primary is that you're talking about people having to self-select by taking off a Tuesday evening, which I've done just about every year, to go to their precinct caucuses, to then get voted on to be sent to the county assembly, to then be voted on to be sent to some other special assembly. And you get to this smaller and smaller group of people who have the luxury of being able to take off that kind of time in multiple places. You think that's preferable to expanding the vote to all Republicans? Yes. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something, George. Tell me. You've told me a bunch of things, Joan. This isn't the first time. And I talk to you, and I still am here because you serve it. You went. You were a vet. You fought. You gave me the right I believe that you are uh, somebody who has worked to be able to make choices. And there are other people who have been part of the party and have worked knocking doors, making phone calls, have worked to be a part of the party. And the thing that I have, the worst thing I have 
with the open primary is that there are people who have never worked making my decision. With the open primary. I got it. I got it. Joan, as always, thanks. It feels like you're being ushered into the trunk of a car. Are you okay? <laughs> Actually, I'm getting in a car. I'm going to a county commissioner's meeting. Um, because <laughs> as much as I like talking to you, um, I honestly think that people who go and work and express their opinions to um, these public comments are people who can make a difference. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, Joan, as always, drive safely. Please just listen to us on the radio. Please don't try to text in the show while you're driving. Joan's line is open at, at 303-696-1971. I just don't want to hear the sound of metal on metal through the phone. I'm just I'm a little wary of that. And, folks, if you listen to that for a moment there, didn't you think that you were about to hear a trunk close and all of a sudden Joan's call would get super muffled? I was worried that something was going on there as she was having that conversation with us. Uh, hey, listen, we, we, here's what I want to do. Uh, we got some texts coming in here. The possibility of Dave, got a response from Dave. Dave's in the middle of a meeting that's just going along. Hopefully he'll be able to uh, to join us, if not at the end of this hour, certainly the beginning of next. Uh, before we cut away, though, I want to tell you about uh, Dan Kaplis, super lawyer. Uh, and there's a way to be a super lawyer through some of these magazines where you end up having to pay a bunch of money and you get your ad in it. That's not how Dan gets to be a super lawyer. Dan gets to be a super lawyer because for, gosh, 40 years now, four decades, this guy has been crushing it on behalf of those who've been injured. And I mean really injured. I'm not talking about, hey, I have a soreness in my pinky. There are folks out there that can try to turn that into something. That's just not why you call up Dan and, and his partner, Bob or Waheed. You call them up when your life has been changed for the worse and permanently in a way that you just can't fix yourself. You can't trust the insurance companies. You can't even really, honestly, trust your own insurance company. You have to trust somebody who knows how this system works and will fight for you as hard and as long as you'll let them fight for you. That's Dan Kaplis. You can reach Dan at 303-770-5551, 303-770-5551, or you can check him out at Dan Kaplis, that's with a C, C-A-P-L-I-S, dancaplislaw.com. When we come back, we'll get to more of your texts, your calls at 303-696-1971, maybe even a little D-Will. Let's find out. It's George Brockler, 710, KNUS. George Brocker back with you here, 710 KNUS. Uh, last segment of the hour, good news. Uh, David Williams, always so busy, um, able to make some time here at 9.03. I understand they, hopefully for a good reason, and he'll be able to tell us a big meeting that uh, went a little bit long in the 8 o'clock hour, but we're going to have him at 9.03. If you have questions, and some of you have already texted them in, uh, please keep that going. You can text us in, and uh, I will try to ask those questions of Dave. I've already told you some of uh, my thoughts on it, but I don't feel like I'm the sharpest knife in the drawer. So if there's anything else um, that you want to ask over this break is the opportunity to do it. Um, I do want to talk to you about QC Kinetics. Um, QC Kinetics, if you have not heard me talk about them, you're just not listening enough because I get the opportunity, the honor to talk about them uh, every single day. 
uh, and that's because QC Kinetics is out there trying to solve the problem of chronic pain for those that have it in their uh, knees, their hips, their joints. Uh, This is going to sound crazy, too. This is going to sound absolutely crazy. I like the idea that I read for QC Kinetics, and that's why people go and see them. But get this, I'm dropping grandma for an overnight because, of course, snow day today because it got below 70 degrees uh, at a friend's house. And I'm talking to the mom and the dad as I'm dropping Grammy off. And uh, mom's telling me about how, hey, I I, I just had my first treatment for this thing. They're going to take some stuff out of my back and put it in my knee and all this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like regenerative medicine. Where are you doing that? And she's like, oh, this group called QC Kinetics. I'm like, QC Kinetics? I read for QC Kinetics. She's like, well, so far it's been great. She has a a couple other things that she has to have addressed. But they're sold on it because the alternative for them was we're either going to go out of pocket 50 ger for surgery or we're going to try this. And of course, we're going to try this first. I love that story. And then I said, you know, I read for them on the radio show. And instantly I realized they're not listeners. My son's friends <laughs> don't listen or at least have never caught my QC Kinetics read. But I'm here to tell you that this is another sort of unofficial testimonial by folks that just use them because they were the best alternative to surgery. You can do the same thing all you got to do is call the local medical professionals and grill them ask them any question you want 303-900-8986 303-900-8986 of course you can check them out at qc kinetics that's k-i-n-e-t-i-x qckinetics.com tons of information there as well you can check them out you're going to be so glad you did these people were just so excited and i just remember that awkward moment when i said you know i read for them every day and they're like, oh, you um, you do. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so funny. You don't have to have heard from them, from me, but uh, it's a good opportunity. Here's uh, some of the stuff that's been coming in on the text. George Favor, please, can you get uh, some message to Stefan Tubbs? I can't find his current contact info. Hi, Stefan. You owe me money. I'm not letting this go. Either pay me or I will take a finger for every week. No, I'm kidding. That's not at all what it says, but it is someone trying to reach him. Here's what I recognize the bumper music as <laughs> intro music. Uh, let's see. How's Dave going to answer the questions? Here's another one. Um, let me see here. Question about going with the assembly versus the primary. I got all that stuff. Jo- Georgia got turned off by Haley. When she was being interviewed and one failed to answer if a man could become a woman. Did that happen? Jesus. And then two, the cause of the Civil War. This demonstrated to me that she's not a true conservative and would have trouble standing up to the Marxist Dem Party. Another one uh, text. Dang it. The timing matters because they said delusional. That's probably a reference to me. That's probably a reference to me being delusional. But uh, let's try to keep some of that delusion going by talking to the man himself. He is the head of the state GOP. Big decision by them on Sunday. We'll talk to him about that, the fundraising, all the other good stuff. Stick around for Dave Williams. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.